Warning. The audiovisual recording was prepared for the new personnel joining the investigative team of the Department of Space Simulation in the year 2023. The material is the exclusive property of the International Convention for Space Safety, composed of the governmental scientific agencies of the United States, Canada, and France. Its dissemination is subject solely to the historical review purposes, and its replication outside the American jurisdiction is strictly prohibited. Article 13 of the Secrecy Pact of the International Convention regarding the safeguarding of the 1994 incident known as the Reset. The following material corresponds to the final report of the Project New Moon experiment in 1994. The replication of the project is strictly prohibited until unanimity is reached on the Council of Civil Affairs. The New Moon Project. Nineteen sixty eight, the recently formed United States Space Security Department had been studying peculiar anomalies on the moon. American scientists were taking into account the Soviet intentions to reach the natural satellite for reasons beyond propaganda. The plan to reach the moon had no mere military or ideological dominance intentions. American scientists decided to send an exploration mission to the far side of the moon, where it was suspected that a rift was forming that in about a hundred years could cause the natural satellite to crack and lose its orbit around the Earth. There were photographs of the rift captured in 1969. Astronauts redacted, redacted, and redacted did foot surveys, collected samples from the material, although nothing was seen as anomalous at the time. The crack had already grown to approximately the size of the Grand Canyon in Arizona. After having verified with empirical evidence, it was kept secret for nearly 20 years until a report from the Space Security Department notified that the catastrophe would be imminent. By that time, the Reinhold's fear luminal hypothesis had to be put into action. In this way, light could play a fundamental role in gravitational alterations. The Reinhold ferroluminal hypothesis has proposed a revolutionary idea for physics in its innovative approach to spatial phenomena affecting planet Earth and the overall movement of celestial bodies. Light as the energy of motion. This 
hypothesis suggests that the Earth is influenced by the Moon not from a traditional perspective of gravity, but rather that it is the sunlight reflected from the Sun that causes the majority of these phenomena. Doctors Jürgen Reinholtz and Luke Ferrier propose something difficult to imagine. A planet without its natural satellite. In 1990, the governments of the USA, Canada, and France initiated a secret scientific military operation called the New Moon Project, which aimed to build a large, hollow, synthetic proton projector using the as-yet-investigated chemical element 116. Thanks to its newly discovered properties, it would be possible to recreate the luminosity of the moon and overlay it onto the natural satellite so that no one on Earth would witness its disappearance. The synthesis point of element 116 that produces lunar luminescence is in the laboratory. Between 1990 and 1993, the Great Hollow Luminescence Project was built on Canadian territory. It took a long period of time to calibrate the synthesis point of element 116 while astrophysicists debated the distance period that needed to be defined to ensure the image of the fake moon perfectly matched the real one. March of 1994, the first test of the projector began. This required relocating to a large hangar on the outskirts of Vancouver to be assembled with five luminescent cannons that synthesized element 116 in two-hour intervals. Due to the unknown effects of the element on the human body, on-site workers were, in many cases, deprived of safety training and were kept uninformed about the project's theorization. Workers were told they were working and developing and constructing, as well as operating, an experimental top-secret nuclear reactor. The initial trials were conducted by projecting the hollow luminescence onto the northern forest, where they could verify that the projected image slowly deformed the surrounding trees and exerted a gravitational force consistent with the expected proportion of the moon in its natural state. Photos of a near-perfect lunar surface within the greater forest of northern Canada are presented. There is a various luminescence as well as a transparency. The same trees as shown in the photographs experience slight structural alterations. However, others underwent changes at the molecular level and their components became impregnated with element 116 and radiation. For this reason, it was decided to cut down these trees and take them to the laboratory for further study. On September 7, 1994, after a series of preliminary tests, the final calibration of the machinery took place. At 12.05 a.m., the projection of the fake moon image began at ground level and it was subsequently elevated to eclipse position within the real moon.
photographic evidence suggests this was done successfully. There is a mother of pearl type opacity and opalescence to this new moon compared to the old. The process was scheduled to last only two minutes with the last three seconds being crucial to project this image and imprint it on the moon. Dr. Reinholz himself witnessed this event from his hotel room and photographed it in these photos. At 3.50 a.m., the photograph the photograph taken by Dr. Reinholz revealed the outcome, which was impressive, not so much for its effectiveness, but in placing a second moon in the night sky, projecting an image at 3,474 kilometers in distance at a distance of 384,400 kilometers in a matter of seconds, but rather it was due to the catastrophic miscalculation. In the night sky, the two moons were now imprinted with a considerable distance between them, leading to the automatic implantation of the emergency protocol called the Great Reset. The emergency protocol called the RESET has had serious consequences for space observation between 1994 and 2023. After the failure of the New Moon Project, the large holocentric projector had to be used to create a simulation of the night sky as seen from planet Earth in order to counteract the effects of the second moon on the populace. Until today, the holographic layer has been losing its effectiveness, which explains the various testimonies and videos since 2019 that I have recorded two moons in the sky around the world. The International Convention for Space Safety has to have engaged in the extensive meetings to address the issue. However, due to the current bellicose situation politically, these discussions have been permanently interrupted. The following presentation is under the supervision and guardianship of the Pentagon Security Committee, 1998. In 1986, the German broadcasting network Deutsche Bell financed a documentary that never saw the light of day. Despite the extensive technical team, including astrophysicists, chemists, historians, anthropologists, and archaeologists, foreign pressures were exerted on the federal government to prevent the audiovisual material from being disseminated under any circumstances. Given the events that occurred on the east coast of the United States and Canada in 1996, the review of this German investigative material is of utmost importance in understanding the phenomenon that, due to the technology from the New Moon Project's hololuminescence cannon, was made possible to be kept hidden from the civilian population. In the annals of ancient history and the rich mythology that surrounds it emerges a tale that has transcended the bounds of time. A narration that evokes man's unbridled ambition, the confusion of languages, and the relentless pursuit of perfection. The story is told of a colossal tower that sought to touch the very stars. Erected by a people united by the desire to reach the divine. However, like waves crashing against cliffs, the gods retaliated. But what if we told you that the myth is just the tip of the iceberg? A shadow of the reality lying within one of humanity's greatest lies. 
of the most famous tower of antiquity have been an enormous metaphor about an extraterrestrial structure? The true story behind the Babylonian myth. Babylon. Babylon. Eisist und Production Ivan. Classified record satellite images from May, August of the year 1996. National Oceanic Atmospheric Agency, NOAA. The following images depict an extreme anomaly over the eastern coastline of the United States and Canada, which were observed on four different days, each briefly lingering in the skies over the Atlantic Ocean and a portion of the American continent. Photographs over the border of USA and Canada in 1996, May 22, 522 at 1657 UTC. Off the eastern coast, you see it moving progressively into the Atlantic Ocean on 1996, the 6th, or 8th, that's July one month later. One month later, still, over American territory, it has redoubled back and has now consumed most of the Gulf Coast, Appalachian Mountains, into the Great Lakes area. And in August, on the Atlantic Ocean north of Canada, it has again resettled into the Arctic of Hudson Bay. The massive anomalies, the black patches, started lasting only two minutes, ending over the Atlantic Ocean for six hours, with no discernible activity or interaction with the surroundings each time. Off the coast of New York, 1996, September, 4 o'clock, recorded anomaly, rectangular at solid structure, indefinite characteristics, seven hours, static, The mythological origins of Babylon are interwoven with the beliefs and legends of ancient peoples. According to tradition, Babylon was founded by Nimrod, a biblical figure known for his audacity and ambition. This ancient city became a melting pot of cultures and civilizations, a place where myths intertwined with reality and where gods walked among mortals. In this context, the Tower of Babel stands as a narrative that transcends the pages of the Bible and becomes a lasting symbol. The story recounts the construction of a gigantic tower by the inhabitants of Babel with the aim of reaching the sky and challenging divine authorities. However, the diversity of languages that God imposes on humanity disrupts their ambition generating confusion that scatters them across the face of the earth. This narrative encapsulates the duality of human desires, the pursuit of knowledge and transcends versus the limits of human existence. However, never before has the second Garden of Eden been mentioned, descending from the tower as the great sterilization field of the species. 
Nor has it been said that the tower was never a human construction, but a monumental space structure that settled on Earth for unknown reasons. The following footage corresponds to the sudden interruption of a CNN broadcast on September 21st, 1996. This interruption gave way to a recording that was repeated intermittently until the 30th of the same month. CNN, but it seems to be an alternative logo, not one that has ever been officially created nor recognized as CNN's own. The following text scrolls up. It is recommended to all viewers in North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Maine to stay tuned despite the technical difficulties. If we require assistance, please contact our technicians who will be glad to visit your residence to explain the reasons behind the signal failure. We remind you not to leave your homes. Please continue watching our programming. There is no need to be outdoors. This interruption in broadcast did not only occur on the CNN network, but also on ABC, CBS, Fox, ESPN, PBS, and other official networks. Intermittently, the regular programming did not report news from any state along the eastern coast. The following report was urgently sent to the Chief of Interstellar Security Department at the Pentagon. New York, September 29, 1996. Jan Fuvra. Delegate of Security, United States Government, is sending correspondence to Peter Whitman, Chief of Interstellar Security Department at the Pentagon, in order to inform about strange anomalies on the eastern coast of the United States and Canada. To Mr. Peter Whitman, Chief of Interstellar Security Department at the Pentagon, Notice that during the early hours of September 20th until the evening of the 29th of the same month in 1996, extremely unusual occurrences have been reported along the eastern coast of the northern American continent, specifically spanning from New Jersey, United States to Nova Scotia, Canada. Immediate notification has been sent to the relevant authorities for the urgent activation of civil security protocols requiring joint action from the American and Canadian military. Communication networks were promptly severed, and pertinent information related to the ongoing investigation was placed under strict control of the Ministry of Defense. During the same time frame, the censorship of photographs by state satellites and electromagnetic blockade in orbit over American territory were ordered. Mr. Andrian Wood, NASA's emergency delegate has reported on the confidentiality of the case to prevent leakage towards Roscosmos and CNSA. 
Awareness is taken of the Hololuminescence Cannon Project by the United States Department of Interstellar Security and the International Department of Space Simulation for use in the event that its usage becomes extremely pertinent. Expert recommendations suggest that, should the event described in this document repeat, the Hololuminescence Cannon must be fully operational and at the disposal of the United States Ministry of Defense no later than October 3rd, effectively bypassing Emergency Airspace Intervention Protocol 48. The report and photographs are attached on the following pages. New York Coastline, 1996, 20th of 9, 7.44 a.m. The enormous structure is approximately 12 miles in length, appeared on the coastline, deep black in color and seemingly solid. It emitted a very low-frequency sound that most people couldn't hear. Some lights were observed on its structure. It vanished after eight minutes. New York Coastline, 1996, 21st of September, 8.13 a.m. An enormous structure, this time shorter length, six miles, materialized on the coastline. At first glance, it appeared to be some sort of projected image. Yet a couple of birds were seen perching on the structure birds vanished as the large structure disappeared after 10 minutes. Boston Coastline, 1996, 23rd of September, 10 a.m. An enormous structure 25 miles in length appeared on the coastline and remained there for 30 full minutes. It seemed to be very thin in comparison to the large size, possibly not exceeding 40 meters in thickness. It also emitted a very low-frequency sound that most people couldn't perceive but was recorded. Suddenly, it disappeared without a trace. Stonehurst East Coastline, Canada, 1996, 21st of September, 9.01 a.m. An enormous structure 17 miles in length materialized for two minutes before fading away, breaking into smaller parts that ascended like vapor into the sky, according to witnesses. A strong smell of sulfur was reported in the vicinity of the following the incident. New York Coastline, 1996, 25th September, 8.13 p.m. An enormous structure approximately 9 miles in length appeared surrounded by cloud cover, prevented an assessment of its height. However, according to reports from department members who observed it from another part of the city, they estimated that by calculating the shadow cast among the clouds, it extended into the atmosphere at least 36,000 feet. It vanished in 7 minutes. On the Portsmouth coastline of Virginia in 1996, the 29th of September, 8.45 p.m., an enormous structure approximately 11 miles in length appeared on the coastline. It also had lights that made it resemble a building. This one did affect the tides after it disappeared at the six-minute mark. The classic paintings depict Babylon as a prosperous, enormous, and culturally as well as an economically rich city. However, there are authentic records, contemporaneous drawings from neighboring cultures, and the splendid city rebuilt by Nebuchadnezzar II. Die den 
These drawings are scarcely known among present-day scholars, researchers, and the like, and have rarely captured attention from scholarly studies abroad. We have, for example, drawings found in old papyri buried in vessels in what we know as the Soviet Republic of Turkmenistan, Iran, Afghanistan, and even India have historical archives and records as well. Archaeologists as Grabond in India in 1976 and 1978, there was the archaeologist Ashgrabond in Iran in 1979, archaeologist Ashgrabond in Afghanistan, the archaeologist Ashgrabond in Turkmenistan in 1979. These are German archaeological expeditions. Die Bilder wurden restaurants, images or restorations with certain color enhancements to simulate the original paintings. India. 606 BC, Turkmenistan 600 BC, all representing a tower extending into outer space or maybe descending from outer space. India from 500 BC. Again, another from India, 602 BC. India 587 BC has Sanskrit writing as well as a depiction of organic looking tentacles emerging from the tower for the first time. And Iran 599 BC has the same tower mobile on its tentacles. And Turkmenistan in 577 BC has a cave painting with the tower in space looking like Shiva. Afghanistan as well in 601 BC has a picture of the Babel Tower like Shiva. Afghanistan 566 has the tentacled Babylonian tower standing amongst the peoples of Babylon. All of them share a common feature not present in other traditional Western paintings, an excessively tall tower with per quite peculiar characteristics. They all stand out for depicting the Tower of Babel as a sort of extraterrestrial craft, always depicted in black and in some drawings with ominous tentacles. The discoveries caused a massive stir in the archaeological community due to the evidence they provided, contradicting the universally accepted version of Babylonian history. morning on November 4th, 1996, any unforeseen storms were reported by the Meteorological Service for the city of Philadelphia. Satellite images once again located the large black spot, which this time came accompanied by a sleep front and left unexpected outcomes in its wake, which were observed the following morning. Thousands of scorpions of varying sizes, all alive, fell during the early hours along with the storm, with their presence recorded in different parts of the city. By orders of the Ministry of Defense, local radio and television networks were prohibited from reporting on this matter. The documentary Babylon was presented at an emergency meeting of the Ministry of Defense. about reigns of animals in the past, with certain logical explanations, the scorpions here pose a danger that the Interstellar Security Department at the Pentagon has taken into serious consideration regarding the Babylon phenomenon. 
in the meeting, a series of evidences was presented regarding the historical connection to scorpions raining down, recorded by different cultures contemporary to Babylon. The Dome of the Second Garden of Eden, whose accounts refer to a place protected from plagues, India. 500 B.C. The Plague of Human Testing, a drawing and account of scorpion reign over Babylon, where they were expelled from valves on the tower. This is from China. A constellation of scorpions tested humanity where men faced each other to gain entry into the new garden. This is a mythology from Turkmenistan. Investigation Report. Expedition to Iraq, 1992-1993. ...of the Interstellar Security Department at the Pentagon regarding the investigative procedure carried out in Iraq between 1992 and 1993. The purpose of this procedure was to locate and dismantle a potential high-level threat cell to the nation. The objective was to enter some of the age-old tunnels where this group could be hiding. The special operation was led by Lieutenant General Dr. John Corelli, a Harvard University doctor in ancient Asian history and a physician at New York University. He had been entrusted with overseeing archaeological excavations in Iraq on the outskirts of Al-India, approximately 15.3 miles west of the Babylonian ruins. With his extensive experience, Lieutenant General Dr. John Corelli had been appointed as the leader of this mission since 1988. Under his command were Lieutenant Colonels Wilson and Zetransky, who were delegated the security protocols for the expedition. According to the mission schedule, it was strictly regulated to take place over 13 months, divided into two phases. The first and more extensive phase occurred in 1992 to secure the exploration site, while the second phase took place in 1993 for the actual investigations. In May 1992, the official arrival of the United States Scientific Military Forces to the Al-India region occurred. Alongside the corresponding excavation machinery, the landing took place in an area that had seemingly been explored previously. The operation was conducted following NATO's Secret Protocol 32 for international intervention in global security emergencies. In July 1992, the security area was delimited and the action perimeter was established for the search and tracing of the Babylonian tunnels part of the zone was heavily fenced and patrolled with the highest required security standards. Between September and December 1992, the excavation process began within a radius of 2.4 miles from ground zero in the desert. During this process, additional networks of artificial tunnels were constructed along with a couple of underground bases remotely controlled from the Pentagon to provide specific surveillance of Hussein. In the second phase, between February and March 1993, two entrances to ancient tunnels were discovered. These tunnels, previously thought to be non-existent according to many ancient archaeological maps, appeared to extend eastward for no less than two miles with a slight incline to a depth of 2,800 feet. To the technical team's surprise, The temperature inside these tunnels dropped significantly, leading to signs of freezing. Likely, a layer of permafrost had remained unexplored for thousands of years. Towards the tunnel's end, it was entirely encased in ice. Finally, at a distance of 2.7 miles from ground zero, a massive vault was discovered. 
According to historical records, this fault belonged to King Scorpion, one of the lesser known and studied monarchs of the Babylonian noble lineage. While it was initially considered a myth, archaeologists suspected the existence of at least one vault dedicated to the Scorpion Man in Mesopotamia due to its significance and mythological communication related to the underworld. Inside this vault were two enormous carved black stone statues depicting the deity's characteristic form, holding the world in its arms. Additionally, there were wall drawings related to the same entity. Within the vault, one of the most peculiar and defining objects of the mission's purpose was found. Among the various coffins and funerary vessels, something resembling an egg emerged. Scientists determined that it might be some kind of animal encapsulated for at least 2,600 years by the permafrost layer at the vault's depth. Its structure consisted of a pair of pedipalps, an indeterminate insectoid head, and a body with black and white stripes. When the initial images were transmitted to the Pentagon delegate, the mission took a significantly different course from its initial trajectory. Orders were issued to seize several objects from the tunnels, including the rare egg, which would be carefully investigated upon its arrival in American territory. On June 3, 1993, the official withdrawal of the scientific military team from the area was reported for subsequent analysis. The scientific military delegation deployed in Iraqi territory since 1992 with the aim of conducting a thorough exploration of the ruins near historic Babylon concludes with relative success. Two tons of material were confiscated, including relics, cuneiform inscribed tablets, papyri, and an apparently dissected organism. The detailed report will be provided by the Scientific Committee once the President of the United States authorizes the return of the troops and the Civilian Commission to American territory. In 1994, the egg found in the ruins was placed under surveillance. For six months, it was under observation in various cells where a series of tests were conducted on it as it evolved. During the first two months, the egg was transported in sealed boxes to five cells for their respective examinations. Histological tests under the microscope of the egg's material revealed the presence of previously unseen microorganisms. Microorganisms that despite being in a frozen state began to move after being exposed to room temperature for more than five hours outside the egg. Finally, the egg was placed in a surveillance cell within a larger box, as over time inexplicably increasing itself in size. At the fourth month mark, the egg seemed to have hatched, and from within emerged the following creature without a defined shape. The long limb surrounded a very thin center. It did not move and maintained the same color as the egg. presented as a humanoid insectilian being. The following week, the odd body was transferred to a highly secure underground facility due to the risk of the creature exhibiting hostile behaviors. 
A few days later, the creature adopted a reptile-like mode of locomotion and began to explore the area provided. The being is pronouncedly scorpioid, humanoid, with a scorpion-like tail. After reviewing the images, they realized that the creature had a retractable tail that could extend up to twice its own height. Although it didn't display noticeable hostile behavior, it naturally tended to seek some sort of escape or exit. The creature remained enclosed until 1996, showing little activity. However, on December 1st, 1996, surveillance cameras captured the moments when the creature transformed and disappeared, leaving behind a dismembered trail of its own former exoskeletal body. Whatever molted from it was able to burrow out of the concrete. This event was directly linked to the appearance of the Towers of Babel on American soil, as they are known. Warning, Protocol 48 has been activated. Maximum civil deterrence alert. of December 1st, 1996, there were hundreds of reports and police calls along the entire eastern coast of the United States and Canada. In cities like Philadelphia, Allentown, New Haven, Worcester, and Halifax, Nova Scotia, millions of people witnessed around 2 in the morning the appearance of strange structures that emerged in the middle of the cities, amid tall buildings and residential complexes. Emergency Protocol 48 from the Department of Defense for Aerial Events allowed for the immediate use of the hololuminescence projector on the East Coast. Beyond the unknown subsequent effects, the Interstellar Security Department at the Pentagon ordered the immediate projection of a weather event that would obscure the view of the strange structures that had landed for no apparent reason. Although the event was unforeseen, the Security Committee experts had anticipated that, Given the recent events on the East Coast, a phenomenon of such characteristics could reach unexpected levels. With the appearances under control, emergency exploration teams quickly surrounded the reported structures in all cities. An exploratory detachment was sent inside, aiming to uncover the nature of what were called the Towers of Babel, the final conclusions of the German experts who began to study this evidently mythical event resulted in the following tentative answers based on the hundreds of ancient records that seemed to be repeating. First, the towers might be some sort of interstellar macroorganisms that landed on celestial bodies for reproductive purposes. Second, the towers might have some kind of defensive mechanism involving spores if they were attacked or disturbed. 
Third, the towers were divided into two types. Structural hibernation. Propagation. The former remained static, emitting no pulses, and exuded an intense cold light on the outside, while the latter emitted strange sounds and pulsed from tentacles extending from the top. The scientists decided that the exploration teams should only enter those towers of Category A and obtain as much photographic and internal material records as possible for later analysis. Orchester, December 1st, 1996, 4.55 a.m. The team carefully entered through a small opening of the tower, where they encountered an interior structure that seemed even larger than the main tower. Inside, there appeared to be more towers with thousands of small openings resembling a membrane. A strange luminescence from within dimly lit a complex of enormous pillars. The explorers felt as if they were in another dimension. The image quality in this area was quite poor, as if energy similar to radiation affected its quality. After a few minutes of exploration, they came across tunnels formed by thick elongated structures, resembling tentacles but much harder, emitting a constant frequency akin to electrical static. These recesses became more complex as they ventured deeper under the tower. It's worth noting that throughout the exploration, there was no way to access upper levels. The tunnels formed intricate labyrinthine paths, all of them with structures that closely resembled some Mesopotamian temples, including pillars identical to those that had survived the test of time, but always enveloped in long and extensive structures. Some of these exhibited slight repetitive pulsations that followed unchanging patterns. The explorers avoided direct contact with these at all costs. Everything had a deep black and grayish color, and although a dense mist covered some passages, the explorers commented that they never sensed the slightest odor. This was explained later, as after leaving the area, severe chronic anosmia was detected. Not all explorers managed to leave alive. There's only one record of one of them apparently being trapped by a group of tentacles. The testimony of one of his companions is enlightening. describes the event. It was strange. Everything was in the deepest stillness until H accidentally stepped on one of those enormous cables that were all over the place. One of those cables are, are tentacles split, and from then, more and more tentacles emerged. They grabbed him in a blink of an eye. God damn what they did to him. I'm not sure if I could describe it, but they used him like a container, like an additional layer of skin. Now his arms were more tentacles. Continuing deeper, they encountered structures with a logic somewhat similar to human design. Like tunnels with stairs leading to pits of immeasurable depth. 
and that would lead to the greatest mystery of the exploration. Metal doors with seemingly organic seals from which small samples were taken. These proved impossible to open, although no attempt was made by force to avoid any risk. However, a passage was found without such limitations. Inside were objects that, with great terror, resembled the egg found in the excavations in Iraq. In fact, they were so similar that judging by the images, they could have been the same. This couldn't be verified as the exploration team didn't take samples of these. Finally, having obtained some evidence, Virtually the entire exploration team emerged from the interior unharmed. Subsequent medical exams revealed, as already announced, severe chronic anosmia and a weakening in bone calcification. On the same day, December 1, 1996, but at 10.04 in the morning, the sudden disappearance of all the towers in both U.S. and Canadian territory was recorded. They left a quite peculiar trace. Enormous craters with those tentacles solidified and crystallized inside. Some nearby buildings suffered structural consequences and also ended up with these petrified tentacles in their basements. Strange substances were found in the basements of some buildings adjacent to the craters. These were subsequently examined Histological tests performed on these structures yielded similar results to those conducted on the egg captured in Mesopotamia. Tiny microorganisms writhed among the remnants left by the towers. Unknown entities moving under the microscope. This was in 1997. Northampton County, Pennsylvania, 1996. This is a video of one of the tentacled towers. The months following the sudden and abrupt disappearance of the enormous towers saw the rapid covering and filling of the cavities that had primarily been left in the midst of cities as well as in other rural areas of the United States and Canada. The scenes are reminiscent of the cleanup of after 9-11 and the falling of the Twin Towers. in 1996 determined that approximately 21 towers had appeared along the east coast of North America. There were no reported injuries, and any sightings that had been documented through photographs or videos were duly confiscated by agents of the Interstellar Security Department at the Pentagon. 
These actual craters left by the towers were properly encapsulated for further study. The terrain features bore a striking resemblance to what German researchers from Deutsche Welle had labeled the Second Garden of Eden. According to in-depth archaeological investigations, these locations were areas where some of the towers laid eggs and offspring of extraterrestrial beings. Their primary characteristic was that they were incredibly fertile grounds for all forms of life and entirely immune to any chemical intervention. The organic material found in the garden region appears to be black goo. The material found in the craters was removed for external laboratory study. It would quickly perish, or its activity under the microscope would not display the same agility as within the crater's perimeter. The case was closely monitored by American security departments and sub-offices until 1998 when, to date, the entities within the craters maintained their shape, weight, and size, displaying no anomalous behavior and appearing harmless during testing. It was, however, requested that they be removed from the craters by late 1997 in order to restore urban architecture and bury any public knowledge of an anomalous event. The following footage is from a 2014 YouTube documentary by Mexican Conspiracy Channel. The channel has since been taken down. A new and strange phenomenon has been captured by ordinary people all over the world. Paranormal experts are baffled and others are concerned that the apocalypse is imminent. From Western Canada to the gray skies of England to Southeastern Asia and beyond, the sound of something sinister has rattled eardrums and sent shivers down spines. In 2013, Kimberly, a young mother from Terrace, British Columbia, woke up one August morning to these horrifying sounds coming from the sky. Could these events be connected to the myth of the ancient documentary Babylon, supposedly canceled before its broadcast by a German television network in the 1980s? Could the Babylonian gods have returned? Later in the documentary, the initial consequences of the hollow luminescence cannon experiment were revealed. While the population never found out or suspected anything, the sound effects from the towers were exerting certain electromagnetic pressure on the cannon's projection. Causing its collapse much earlier than anticipated. During the boom of those so-called apocalyptic trumpet sound, a series of photographs were circulated on the web that didn't cause as much a stir as the sounds themselves. Those correspondent to rare sky records with a series of unexplainable cracks. This led to the reactivation of the classic myth of flat earth and the existence of a dome over the surface. Could it be that the Earth is indeed enveloped by some kind of invisible material? 
Could it be a shield and electromagnetic projection, since experts clearly ruled out that they were auroras? In 1999, the Interstellar Security Department at the Pentagon presented the evidence regarding the state of the moon to the Department of Defense five years after the New Moon Project. Status of the New Moon Project, 1994 to 1999, from the U.S. Department of Defense and NASA. The Lunar Prospector was a spacecraft designed to study the surface of the moon, launched on January 7, 1998. In order to investigate the existence of water on the natural satellite, it spent several months traversing across the vast lunar plains, analyzing the terrain. Its main findings included a comprehensive study of the gravitational state of the natural satellite. However, these studies also revealed the identification of an area where gravity seemed to be severely altered by some much larger object. Up to that point, the cracks on the moon were not affecting surface gravity, but something had been creating such an anomaly in the marked area. Once its research phase was completed, the lunar prospector was intentionally crashed at 9.52 Universal Time coordinated on July 31, 1999 at a speed of 6,000 kilometers per hour into a shadowed area near the South Pole with the goal of detecting water vapor from ice deposits. In front of the press and in popular science publications, such news would be announced, establishing the idea of the gravitational anomaly as a mapping error due to a data capture glitch. In reality, the mission's objective was to locate the affected area and study it. It was publicly stated that the lunar prospector had collided in the wrong area due to a calculation error of the same nature as the mapping error, and the mission was considered concluded. Once the area of significant anomaly was located, the following images were captured during the controlled descent of the prospector. The moon's rift now surrounded by giant obsidian monolithic cyclopean towers they emerge from craters showing their enormity into the blackness of the dark side of the moon and on the horizons there are even larger towers 